I missed you guys, man. It's been way too long. It's been so long that Kyle Lowry's no longer a Raptor. I know. <laughs> it's a sad day. It's so does that, man. We missed like all the finals. <laughs> yeah, well, man, we, we... yeah, bit of everything. But you know, we're here now. It's the biggest day of the year. Free agency, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the real NBA finals. Indeed. Basketball oh, heads. Man. Yeah. How's the so much uh, happened? Jesus. How's the uh what's it called? The lactating going, Josh? Oh yeah, it's going really well. I do it all the time actually. You want to see? Yeah, yeah, let's let's see. Oh wow. Oh, wow. Podcast. Not yeah. not hairy enough. <laughs> I need Raj's actually... cleavage. Oh, show it to us, Raj. Nah, nah, man. I got my zip gone. We're not uh we're not showing it. <laughs> At least maybe mid show, mid show. Oh, you gotta if work you press it up. the right buttons. Yeah, yeah. Press Not the right buttons. Easy, guys. Yeah. In the business, they call that a tease. Exactly. Yeah, Roger's a cam girl, man. You just gotta donate more coins for more cleavage. <laughs> <laughs> like- What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host, Peter Tran. On the line, I got the new baby daddy himself, the Iceman, Josh Cohen. How you doing? Feeling fine. Feeling great. Happy that the NBA offseason is here. Day one of free agency has been a whirlwind. I don't know what's going on right now, but let's get into it. It's very exciting. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Very good. Very good. The banger in the paint, our residential medical expert, Rajon Walia. I feel like I haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks, right? How you doing, man? You know what? Uh, we have a new NBA champ. Uh, we have a new baby daddy here in Josh. And uh, you know what? I feel like Josh was uh, doing his intro in sequence with his lullaby that he probably uh, sings to his baby about uh, NBA rumors. So she's used to this. Yeah, I sing one lullaby a night about the Raptors usually. So she's fully entrenched in what's you- going on in free agency as well. You should just make her uh, listen to every NBA Finals theme song. Like, you know that year they had Amazing by Kanye West? The other year was like, Let's Get It Started. Just every song that goes by, you should just play those. No, she only listens to the NBC one with, uh, what is it, John Tench or whatever his name is from like 1990s. That's the best one by far. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Only the best for my baby. You're right. My, My apologies. My apologies. All right, well, let's get into this. Free agency has started. We're recording this at uh, 9 o'clock on Monday night. So free agency started about two and a half hours ago, three hours ago. And obviously a lot has gone down, you know. And I want to start off at right where it started. The biggest news of the day, Raj. Zach Levine, straight from Tokyo. (laughs) Yeah, you know I had to start it here. He signs with, or uh, sorry, not Zach. God damn it, I'm so dumb. Lonzo Ball has signed with your boy Zach Levine. I thought you were just making a joke there because he made that comment yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man, it's like, okay, where's he going with this? I want my respect. I'm out of practice. He pulled a Rodney Dangerfield. Where's my respect? (laughs) Well, clearly it's not what Lonzo Ball is getting, that's for sure. Lonzo Ball has agreed to a four-year, $85 million contract with the Chicago Bulls. So how long do the Pelicans have to match it? Like a day? Two days? No, it's done already. It they traded him. It was a sign-in oh, trade. Was a, oh, that's right. My bad. It was a sign-in trade for Tom Tomas Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, and a second-round pick. 
Jared Temple also assigned it like a participant in the, as a sign in trade in this, so that's pretty rare. You don't see double sign in trade very often, but Lonzo Ball going to the Bulls is pretty interesting. You know, Zach Levine gets a nice point guard now. I think we were gonna call Lonzo still a point guard, but Raj, man, that could be a good fit. Yeah, it could be, but it also could lead to a lot of questions for the Chicago front office, which, uh, let's be honest, doesn't have the best track record. Um, Lonzo Ball has come into his own a little in New Orleans, but I don't know if I agree with the fit here. I, I, I really don't know what Chicago is going for. Are they in the win-now mode? Are they trying to make the playoffs? Uh, oh, they're definitely they in the win-now to... mode. There's no question at this point. Yeah, but like... the. <laughs> The way I look at this is like, just if you look at their two big signings, him and Alex Caruso, like you, you're you so guard heavy. And then you obviously um, have Laurie Markkinen still on your books. You have Nikola Vucevic, like they, they have no wing depth. And uh, I don't know how these players fit in, in together, especially with the spacing. Yeah, I mean, the biggest question for the Bulls going forward now, since they made so many moves today is what they're going to do with Markkanen since he's a restricted free agent and he doesn't really seem to be in their plans and he doesn't really fit with Vucevic, obviously, because he played like 16, 18 minutes per game once they got Vuce. So I thought the Spurs would be in on uh, Markkanen, but that doesn't seem to be the case anymore since they signed Collins. And I don't know what they're going to do with him, but in terms of their team specifically, I think that their team could potentially pop if Patrick Williams you know, reaches his potential in the next couple of years. But next year, I think they're going to be like a fringe playoff team again. And Lonzo is going to have his opportunity to show that he's a winning player because, you know, obviously the, the Bulls are like, what, a 10th seed this year? And he's going to have the opportunity to come in here into this team and lead them to the 6th seed, maybe, if they're lucky. That, that's, what you, that's what you mean by pop, like uh, pushing the 5th seed, like at the best case. I mean, if Patrick Williams does pop, you know, in year three, for example, and becomes what a lot of people think he's going to be. Like a lot of people compare him to like Jimmy Butler, right? And if he becomes that type of player, then you got a pretty decent team here with all these. I actually like Alice Caruso and that contract's a pretty good deal for what he provides, I think. Yeah. Uh, Caruso signed for four years, 37 million, right? So just over nine a year, nine and a quarter. Not he's bad. Yeah. I mean, for a glorified hustle player. Yeah, he's great. Now that guy's a winning player. He's a proven winning player. It does also help when you have LeBron James on your team. Yeah, Matthew Delvadova is a winning player. Come on, man. We're not doing this. Yeah, but let's look at their lineup. They have Lonzo, Zach Levine, Patrick Williams, who Thaddeus Young at the four, and then uh, Vucevic at the five. And then off the bench, you have Caruso and... Oh, yes. And Kobe White. Like, it's an interesting lineup, but I think they're so guard-heavy. Like, I, I I really wish they made a bigger move for a, a more versatile four or maybe a, a more established three. Um, but you know what? This team is going to, again, their, their goal, I guess, is the playoffs, and they might be able to make the six, seven, eight seeds. So good for Chicago, but head-scratching on my end. Yeah, as I was telling Peter before the podcast, I think they've now turned into maybe the greatest treadmill team in NBA history. Because your big three is Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, and Nikola Vucevic. I mean, that's that's like the most average big three, especially in the East. Like, they're not going to go anywhere with this lineup. Again, unless Patrick Williams becomes their 
second best or best player in the next couple of years. But it's going to be hard to do that when you have so many guys in front of you. We can't call this a big three, man. Let's just call it a top three. It's not big. Like, come on. I don't like this. We can't call everything a big three, okay? You're right. That, that is being disrespectful to big threes. My apologies. Yeah, come on. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's do this for the Raptors fans. Kyle Lowry, the the greatest Raptor of all time, a lot of people say. You can see Josh saying his prayers for the guy. <laughs> I don't even know how he's going to fit into Miami because I don't think he's going to pass these like weight tests that the Heat do for them. But Kyle Lowry signed and trade straight to Miami. Announced it on his own Instagram page or his Twitter page, I think. So, you know, taking control of his own narrative. But, I mean, this has been rumored for a couple of weeks now, right? So, it'll be interesting. I don't mind it. I don't mind it for Miami. I think he could actually bring a lot of, you know, what they actually need, right? Maybe health. Something that Goran Dragic hasn't really had over the past couple of years. Some more stability. A great defender. You know, he's going to teach Bam how to take charges. Just telling you. Yeah. But remember, this is a Kyle Lowry that has had his fair share of smaller injuries, and uh, Miami plays hard, and they're going to obviously expect him to play at least 20, 28 to uh, 32 minutes a game. And uh, they don't have the best depth, so um, honestly, I think it's an okay move for Miami. Their experiment with uh, Iguodala, Ariza didn't really work out. Uh, they still need to address some other holes, and they don't really have the cap space anymore when you're paying Lowry $30 million a year, and then you're going to play Jimmy Butler $40-plus million a year. So um, I-, I think Miami failed in the Giannis sweepstakes. They're trying option B, and uh, I-, I don't think they're going to be like the NBA champ next year, but they'll be a good team. Lowry always makes them competitive. Uh, but what Toronto got back was interesting. Uh, it's rumored what Precious and Dragic. I don't think Dragic is going to stay, so they're going to try to flip him. Yeah, I mean that's the one thing that hasn't been announced yet out of all this. I mean Lowry's obviously going there, but I think Toronto's trying to work out um, where they're going to send Dragic, and I think it depends on what Dallas is ultimately going to be doing with their point guard or guard position. They've already signed a few guys, so maybe they're out of the running now. So maybe Toronto just keeps Dragic until the trade deadline and then trades him to a team that needs a competent starting point guard for the playoffs. Um, but yeah, in terms of this move, I think that Kyle Lowry put into his contract that his ass cannot be included in the body fat you know, calculations <laughs> for when they take it every week. Um, otherwise, he's going to be in trouble. But I do want to pour one out for Kyle Lowry right now. He's uh, you know second in all-time leading points for the Toronto Raptors, third in rebounds, first in threes, first in assists, first in steals, first in triple doubles, and tied for first in championships. So, shout out to Kyle Lowry. Oh, oh, that was sweet. Wow. I don't even want to, I should end the pod here. You should put that at the end of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, are are, are you going to pour one out? Is it formula or breast milk? (laughs) You can't pour out the breast milk. That's very valuable stuff. Yeah, too valuable. Too valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, well, we've already, Raj, you already touched on this. Jimmy Butler also signs a max extension with the team. He's got another four years. And this is incredible. Four years, $184 million. When Jimmy Butler is 36 years old, he will be making over $50 million from the Miami Heat. That is just... Good job to Jimmy Butler and his agent, Bernie Lee, who is, I actually think is in Toronto. Uh, good on them, man. That's just incredible work on their part. And 
Uh, I don't know if we talked about this yet. Duncan Robinson also returning to the team. Five-year, $90 million. A huge contract. I did not expect nearly that much for Duncan Robinson, but here he is, making $18 million a year, the highest-paid uh, undrafted player ever. Yeah, good for him for getting the bag, honestly. He's been, I think, the second-best three-point shooter in the last couple of years behind Steph at like 43 or 44%. And on this team... Ooh, and Wayne Ellington. Hmm? He's also behind Wayne Ellington. Really? In terms of... Yeah, Wayne Ellington was a top last year, man. Could you believe that? Yes. And he went to the Lakers, so... <laughs> Watch out yep. for LA. But, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Duncan Robinson, he's went from undrafted to getting a five-year, $90 million deal. Like, good for that guy. And he's going to be open a lot next year. Like, the Kyle Lowry pick and roll is going to open up a lot of stuff in their offense. Like, Bam's going to have a career year. Like, Serge said it on Twitter. Like, Bam is really going to, you know, take another step with Kyle Lowry getting him a lot of open looks next season. And they only have, you know, minimum contracts left now that they can offer guys. So, anybody that's trying to potentially win uh, ring chase, and maybe they go to Miami. But their team is pretty much done at this point. Yeah, so... Like they have Lowry, obviously the point guard. They're gonna have probably Tyler Hero, well Duncan Robinson, uh, as the shooting guard. Uh, I think Butler is gonna end up playing the three or the four. You think? I think at this point it's gonna be hard to find a starting caliber stretch four in free agency for three million dollars. So I think like we talked about before the podcast, I think Jimmy Butler is gonna end up playing a lot of the four this upcoming season. And since. Most teams don't have an Anthony Davis playing power forward. It's not a huge issue since Jimmy Butler is one of the strongest oh, guys. Oh, breaking. Sham Sharania has tweeted out PJ Tucker joining the Miami <laughs> Heat. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look at that timing. <laughs> oh, what the hell? Yeah, you're not going to get a player for $3 million? I guess that's wrong. That's, that's pretty solid right there. <laughs> that was incredible. Wow, what great timing indeed. Yeah, wow. Well, that's... Uh... That's well, surprising. Uh, yeah, that goes that whole talk. Yeah, cut that <laughs> part out, Peter. <laughs> no, man, it all, this all stays in. And now you're talking about, you know, Miami not having depth. Like, now you keep Tyler Hero off the bench, right? So yeah. they're not doing so bad now. And they got veteran leadership now in the in the front court with P.J. Tucker. They he doesn't also... do a lot on offense, obviously, but defensively they're going to be a monster. Yeah, and they're gonna have uh, they're gonna have Hero coming off the ba- uh, bench. They'll have Kendrick Nunn and Bielitsa as well. Um, he's another player that actually has put up good produ- production. And if I'm not wrong, Dwayne Dedman is still on that roster too. Oh, I love Dwayne. Love me a good Dwayne Dedman. The oh, Deadman. He's, yeah. he's great. Yeah, those five or six minutes yeah. a game to give Bam some rest. <laughs> All right. Moving on, uh, you guys want to talk about Jared Allen real quick? Raj, I know you're kind of bent that he didn't join the Raptors. But yeah. Jared Allen, restricted free agent, resigns with the Cavs, five-year, $100 million. Hey, you know what? For a player who's, what, 23 or 24 years old, uh, a pretty versatile big. He's like the modern big. I think for $20 million, that's a very good contract that the Cavs were able to secure him for. I thought he would have been a perfect fit for the Raptors. He... Uh, he's mobile. He can sp- switch on to a bit, a few smaller players. He's a good finisher at the rim, and he's actually improved every year that he's been in the league. So I was expecting the Raptors to make a push for him, but again, the Cavs ended up uh, having the rights to match anything, and I think they were going to match anything unless the Raptors really 
poured out the Brinks truck for him. So um, I think he's on a good contract. I think he's a good player, but he's just going to be buried in obscurity at, in Cleveland. Yeah, I think the only way the Raptors would have made that move is if they either got Suggs in the draft or if they kept Lowry and they were trying to be competitive next year. Right now, nobody really knows what direction Toronto's trying to go in. It seems like they're just rebuilding right now or rebuilding on the fly. But they do have the assets, obviously, to make a big trade since they have all their picks and they have young guys. But in terms of you know Cleveland and this move, this was set in stone after they made that deal. And you know Jared Allen sort of like... He's sort of like DeAndre Aiden, except he doesn't have as good touch around the basket. And he's going to be a double-double guy every game. And he's going to give those point guards a real target. And, uh, you know, I think the fit with Mobley is going to be interesting going forward. Because Mobley is a guy that plays four and five. And he's very skinny, so I get why you want to have a center the first couple of years that he's in the league. Try to save his body and everything. But I think ultimately, if the Cavs ever do get good in the next three to four years, Mobley's going to be the guy playing center <laughs> at the end of games. Yeah, we'll see if that happens. Yeah, I doubt that's going to happen. The but, Cavs you know, in the games nervous. that they actually are in, maybe <laughs> like five next year, I think Mobley's going to be the guy playing center. <laughs> the five. That's very nice of you. Maybe high. Maybe too very, high. Yeah, very, very accommodating. Uh, look, we're looking at Chris Paul and Kawhi Leonard both re-signing, right? Like, that's... Do we really need to talk about this? Chris Paul did re-sign. Yeah, we need to talk about Chris Paul already re-signing because the number that he signed at is uh, pretty huge. Pretty, pretty how, how, how huge are we looking at Four here? years. $120 million. Okay, Phoenix. Okay. All right, well, thanks, Robert Sarver, for finally taking out the paybook, right? Finally sending checks. He hasn't done this in a long time. Yeah, and I think yeah, but the, the biggest thing with them is what they're going to do with Bridges because Aiden's going to get his extension this offseason. He's going to get whatever his max is. And then Bridges, you think he's going to get over $100 million. So at that point, you're probably going to be paying the tax in a couple of years once their extensions kick in. So this seems like the year, while they're still under the rookie deals, that you really go for it again. And then you try to accumulate even more talent. Like they got Shamit on draft day. And I thought that was an interesting move since they're paying so many guys and his rookie deal is up next year too. So I guess they get him for a year at a very small amount. Um, they brought back campaign on probably one of the better deals so far today. He's making, I think it was three years, 18 million. So, and they lost Tory Craig. So they're going to have to fill that spot as well. They got JaVel McGee. They finally got a big guy behind Aiden. They can sort of play 10 minutes a game and not have to worry. So that's a plus. Hey, they had Dario. He's out next year though. Yeah, if Dario didn't get hurt, they could have been the champs, Josh. He was uh, was the factor that changed the game or the series. <laughs> yeah. Tory Craig signs with the Indiana Pacers as our little transition. Two-year, $10 million. Uh, I'm assuming the Pacers are going to pretty much sit still this year, right? I don't think they're going to trade Brogdon like we've heard the rumors about. Uh, Miles Turner, I think, is going to stay put for now. Just until they get an idea of where you know Rick Carlisle wants to take this team and how he's going to basically approach this, right? Like, Raj, I, I can't see them making any major moves. Yeah, I, I think Indiana is in that point in their, like, team development where I think they're going to see what they have this year because Rick Carlisle is probably going to be the coach for the next few years. Uh, he has a pretty good historical record of uh, making the playoffs, so I think they're going to be expected to make the playoffs, and they're going to see which pieces stay, which don't. Uh, I think the big win for them was the fact that they were 
able to um, really kind of get rid of uh, or get uh, Karis Levert because I think him having him healthy this year, getting to see him with potentially Brogdon, how he fits in with Sabonis, uh, Miles Turner, um, and a few other players. I think Indiana for now will just kind of keep the same roster and they're never big in free agency. They kind of develop their own talent and usually their talent uh, <laughs> ends up leaving. So um, not, I don't expect them to make any splashes. Yeah, that's fair. All right, I want to move on to the big the big markets. Let's hit the New York Knicks, guys. Derrick Rose returns three years, $43 million. Nerlens Noel returns on a three-year, $32 million. Alec Burks also returns three-year, $30 million. All pretty good contrast, you know? Pretty even-keeled. And then... Evan Fournier, four years, $78 million, baby. Pay this man his money. He got his bag. I I don't mind it. I like Evan Fournier, you know? Former Denver Nugget, former Orlando Magic. Yo, he's good, Josh. I know, I see you shaking your head, but one thing that the Knicks were really missing last year, in the playoffs specifically, was a guy to get a bucket and a guy to create his own shots, a guy to create shots for others. Evan Fournier is not the best player to do this. You know, I'm not saying he's amazing, but he can certainly take the pressure off of Julius Randle and Derrick Rose when they need it. So I'm all for this signing, man. Four years, not too bad. Yeah, but I I have huge issues with the signing. I think you're basically signing a player to his last lucrative deal. Uh, I think he was very hit or miss in Boston, and that's a warning sign. Because uh, this the Boston team that he was on was more talented. He would have more opportunity to get favorable matchups. And like I, I look at this as uh, this guy got paid and he's going to take the Batum route. Uh, and I'm not talking about Batum route and the Clippers. I'm saying the Charlotte Hornets Batum route. We're going to look at this contract and be like, wow, they're just wasting roughly $20 million a year. Um, and again, he plays a position where... RJ Barrett is expected to take a bigger and bigger role every year. Yeah, what I'm confused about is what they're going to do with the point guard position. Now, I guess you hand the ball over to RJ Barrett and make him the nominal point guard, I guess. Like, you're basically bringing back the same team as last year. And that team was extremely flawed if you really look at it. And, uh, I mean, they might win some games in the regular season and maybe be a 7 8 seed this year since he's probably going to be better. Um, but overall, I don't like the Fournier move. I don't really like the fit either. I like that they brought back Nerlens and Bros because they were really key contributors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Babies does not like this at all. Yeah, she doesn't like this uh, signing, but I'll, I, I want to chime in. For the Knicks, would you rather have Evan Fournier or Lonzo Ball? They signed for know, almost man. the same I, deal. Yeah, I mean, I've already made my bet with Evan Fournier, so I got to say that the fornicator belongs in New York, you know? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's kind of tough because Ball... The, like, we saw what the, the Knicks' major flaw in on offense was in the playoffs, right? Like, whenever you would try to go to Julius Randle, he's a guy who has, like, a couple of moves that's very predictable, and it ended up being either Derrick Rose or Alec Brooks that would bail them out on offense. Like, that was it. So with Evan Fournier, at least you have a guy... I'm not saying he's amazing, but you have another guy who can handle the rock. He's generally low turnover. And honestly, I'm not taking his time in Boston into account because he had COVID and the team was already a mess without like before he got there. I don't think it's fair to judge him on his like four months in Boston, one of which he was out for. 
Yeah, but I think the problem is they're judging him on his, like, four best games in Orlando and giving him a contract there. Like, I I just think the contract... He's very streaky. Yeah, but again, for a Knicks team that, again, has the allure of being in New York, I really think the move they should have made is they know that this team is not going to compete for a title. They want to be competitive. They want to be heading in the right direction. And I think this move isn't a move that does that for them. It kind of gets them trapped for four years. It would have been smarter to sign him for like two years, 40-something million, maybe pay him a little bigger, but at least it's a shorter deal because if you need to trade the contract or if a team's looking for a piece at the trade deadline and he's not working out, you could trade him. <laughs> Josh. Oh, it's okay, man. I, we know how you feel about Evan Fournier. It's okay. You think he's the best player ever to come out of France. Uh, he's basically our version of Nicholas Batum on the Clippers and the Blazers. You know, he's a great player. It's it's cool, Josh. You don't need to speak. This is the most Knicks move ever, honestly. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. This, this feels like, you know how the New York and Philadelphia like crowds really turn on players that are supposed to produce at a specific level and don't? I think this is sort of going to be sort of like what happened with Fournier the first couple of games in Boston where he started like 0 for 16 from the field and the Boston fans started booing him. That's going to be like that for the next four years. Like Raj was saying, I think that they should have found a stopgap, like a two-year guy. And if he wasn't willing to take two years, then you move on to somebody else. Do what Dallas did and just pick up these shooters for two to three years and then let RJ Barrett run the point, get some shooting around him and see what he can do. See if he can become a superstar. I'm a hundred. He will become a superstar with Evan Fournier helping him. Fournier is one of those guys that is not quite a good enough playmaker to really raise a team's ceiling, but he's also not as good off the ball as you would think. Like he doesn't really take as many spot up shots as you would think. He's more of a guy that needs the ball in his hands, and he's just not good enough to run as many pick and rolls as you'd expect. From a twenty million dollar a year player, it's just a bad move. I like I like the player. I like Fournier. I think he's okay, but for twenty million dollars, the Knicks fans are going to be expecting a lot, and he's not going to produce at that level. Yeah, twenty million is not what it used to be, Josh. That's all I'm telling you guys. Like twenty million is nothing now. Not nothing, but it's not nearly what it like the same kind of contract that it used to be. How old is he now? Like thirty one, thirty two. Ah man, he's. He's French, man. They last forever. He's probably been smoking cigarettes since he was four, drinking wine since he was three, and you know playing basketball since he was 12. Yeah, they always talk about <laughs> those guys who smoke cigarettes in the locker room during halftime. He's definitely one of those dudes. Like He's definitely like uh, you know built on what Jorge Garbajosa used to do with the Raptors. He's living on with that tradition. Raptors legend, Jorge Garbajosa. Yep. Pour one out for him, too. All right. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to the other big market. Uh, The Lakers are doing some wild stuff over here. So we already talked about them losing Alice Caruso. Um, I don't even think we talked about the Westbrook trade yet, have we? Let's get into it. Okay, well, let's let's include that in this whole talk. So Westbrook gets traded for Kyle Kuzma, KCP, and Montrezl Harrell. That's it. A couple of draft picks, I think. I'm not sure. I don't really care about that part. Uh, The Lakers have confirmed bringing back... Former Lakers, I guess this is third time with the team, Dwight Howard, Wayne Ellington, who I misspoke earlier, was not the best shooter last year, but he is currently the best shooter on the team, by far. And Trevor Ariza. So this Lakers team brought in Russell Westbrook, a young, not young, explosive point guard, killed their killed their spacing. 
So what did they do? They brought in Dwight Howard, who apparently shoots threes now. <laughs> Wynn Ellington and Trevor Ariza. Um, man, can we name an older team in the league? What is this? What's happening with this team? I, I, I honestly, I'm not even trying to hate on LeBron. I just, <laughs> I really think that this team can do well, but I think they have to put themselves in a, a position where they're one of the top seeds. And I don't know with a team this old that they're going to have enough mixture of youth and experience and shooting. And LeBron teams that have historically done well have had very good shooters on it. And I, I just don't see this team having it. If anything, they got rid of some of their better shooters. And obviously they have the uh, the three-point man himself, Wayne Ellington, on the team. But otherwise, like I, I still think there's so many questions. And I, I really think LeBron's in that, I want to coast now. Like If they win, they win. If they don't, they don't. And... I guess they'll see what happens. I think this move was made by LeBron because earlier in that day when they made that trade, it, it seemed like the heel deal was done, right? And that deal made a lot of sense. You get a guy who's a really good three-point shooter, especially a spot-up guy, who really can't dribble that well or run a pick-and-roll. And you get him with LeBron, he's going to have a career year, and you would think that that would solve a lot of the spacing issues for the Lakers. And then they decide to go the other route because LeBron and Westbrook are boys. And since that deal before today, LeBron was the best shooter on the team. And that's never a good formula for success, right? So now I think that they're obviously going to be huge in the playoffs. And they're going to be hard to play against, you know, being a super physical team and everything. But throughout the course of the regular season, um, I don't think they're going to be one of the top seeds. And... If they can stay healthy, which I think this move was made sort of for that purpose. Like, you can give Westbrook the ball in situations where, like, you know, Davis or LeBron sit out games. And he can will your team to wins over, you know, teams in, that are playing against them in, like, January and February. So, in that sense, it's good. But come playoff time, their defense should be really good since they are huge. But then you run into the spacing issue. And their spacing issue is huge since you can't play Wayne Ellington more than 15 minutes. Yeah. Damn, that's harsh. It's the truth. Yeah, it is. <laughs> there are also rumors of DeMar DeRozan and Carmelo Anthony willing to take big pay cuts to go to the Lakers. Do we believe any of these? Melo finally joining LeBron would be hilarious. Wait, hold on. Carmelo pay cut? Who's he getting money from? <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about here? Is uh, Zhang Zhuan in China like giving him more money than the Lakers? Like, what's going on here? Oh, you know they would. Come on, Yao Ming gonna call him? I don't know, Raj. Uh, can you see either of these guys joining this team? Because Demar would not help any of the spacing issues whatsoever. Yeah, but I, I think Demar gives them someone off the bench, like uh, that can actually put the ball in the basket. And again. I, I talked about them needing to get to the playoffs in a favorable position, like when in at least one of the top three seeds in the West. And the more capable stars they have, the better chance that they can rest AD, not play him like the 82 games. Um, the, for me, the biggest question is, again, this team is like a bunch of LeBron's boys. And I, I can imagine this, a scenario where if they aren't doing so well, they're going to, Talk about how great stats 
um, Westbrook is putting up and how LeBron feels everyone disrespects Westbrook and disrespects him and his greatness and we're seeing blah, blah, blah. And uh, I, I just wish that uh, they had a bit more organization. And I think Frank Vogel is going to actually have some some real magic to do with this team because defensively, that was their like their backbone. And I think with them having LeBron, AD, Westbrook, DeRozan, I think they're going to lose a lot of that identity. Carmelo, uh, potentially. like They're going to lose that defensive identity. So that's going to be tough for, uh, for Frank Vogel to to really manipulate. Okay, let's get one thing out of the way. DeMar DeRozan is not going to the Lakers because the Lakers only have <laughs> $5.7 million, I think they can offer somebody and then minimum contracts. There's no way DeMar DeRozan's taking $6 million to go to the Lakers. That is not happening. But he'd be home. Yeah. And you'll be with Le- Russ. No, I think you get more money from Compton. You know, if Compton, uh, whatever league he plays in in the summertime, probably offer more money than the Lakers. The Drew League? <laughs> yeah, the Drew League. So, wow. um, in terms of the Lakers, though, the biggest question for them coming up, I mean, after you look at the big three, obviously, with Westbrook, uh, LeBron, and AD making $120 million, you can really only offer the one guy, as I mentioned, the $5.7 million plus minimum contracts. But the biggest question with them is they still have Schroeder and they have Taylor Horton Tucker as restricted guys with bird rights, right? So you can sign and trade those guys or you can bring them back, right? And it not really affect your cap besides having to play, you know, pay a massive tax bill. So I think that's their biggest questions moving forward is what they do with those guys because they can't really fill up their roster with quality players besides maybe the $6 million slot where they've been rumored to get guys like Otto Porter, Rudy Gay. So I think the biggest question is what they do with their restricted guys going forward. But I, I think Rudy another, Gay would be a nice fit. Yeah, he would be. But I think the issue is Schroeder's not going to command what I think they thought he was going to command. Well, he's gone. He's a he's an unrestricted, right? No, no he's I think restricted. he's restricted. Oh, he's restricted. Yeah, they were talking oh, about bad, signing and bad. trading him um, to a lot of different teams after he made his you know big demands of twenty plus million dollars throughout the season. So, and there's not a lot of teams that need point guards right now. So I'm not really sure what you get back for him. But Horton Tucker, you know, he's obviously a young piece. He showed some flashes last year. Um, but do you want to pay him? Who knows what that guy's going to make? There's been rumblings around the league of paying him upwards of $15 million plus dollars. So I'm not sure the Lakers are going to want to pay a massive luxury tax bill to bring him back and him potentially not even touch the ball. Yeah, especially in... Yuck. I, I'm going to make a, a Josh-level prediction, but the difference is I'm actually going to be right. Um... Carmelo Anthony is going to be an L.A. Laker. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see that. I think it's going to be either him or if they strike out on, like, Rudy Gay and on a port. I think that's definitely a possibility. But I think they prefer mm. a guy like Gay or Otto Porter. I, I I honestly think he's 100% going to be a L.A. Laker. <laughs> like, regardless of who. He'll take a cut. He'll play with LeBron. It'll be fun. <laughs> it'll be fun or i mean it, going back to the whole tht thing maybe there's a plot twist and they sign and trade him to the sacramento kings for buddy healed right? uh that's not enough that's not enough i don't know i, I mean they're about to train him for nothing with kuzma and harold so at least you get like a 23 year old guy who might be a starter in the future yeah but you'd have to attach picks but they don't have those 
I don't know if you'd have to, guys. I think Heald's time in Sacramento is, is done now. I don't think they want him back. He hasn't played well for them the last two years, so... I think if you get, like, a decent young player back like that, it's not so bad. All right. I'm, d- I'm done talking about this crappy Lakers team. The Toronto Raptors have agreed to sign Gary Trent Jr. Three years, $54 million. Uh, it looks like the Raptors, like we talked about it earlier, going into a, like a solid rebuild. Not like a completely tear it down, like trust the process level rebuild, but building around younger players, right? Fred Van Vliet signed long-term. Pascal signed long-term. OG signed long-term. Pascal might be on the trading block. It sounds like there's a lot of rumors that he's one of the guys that could be out the door as sooner than later. Um, but that being said, I mean, Gary Trent fits into that two spot, like, perfectly for this team, right? Like, he, he came in from Portland, uh, at the trade deadline and, I mean, fit in seamlessly. Josh, this guy was gunning as soon as it happened. He didn't slow down and just went to town. I like the fit. I love Gary Trent Jr. Yeah. And the deal he signed was very reasonable. You're talking about a young, um, player under 25 signing what? He ended up signing three years, 54 million. Yeah, that's $18 million a year for a player. Obviously, he hasn't had much time in the league, but um, if you're just looking at his production uh, and his ceiling, I think you, you paid kind of what the market would and you didn't overpay him. You didn't get trapped in a large contract. And the best part about it is if he continues to produce, he's on such a good contract that teams will be willing to give you assets if you maybe want to acquire another player or if you want to package him with another player for a superstar. It just goes to show you the uh, general manager mastery of the Toronto Raptors in comparison to a team like the Knicks. Like, who would you rather have the next three years, Gary Trent Jr. or Evan Fournier? And Gary Trent Jr. is getting one less year. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and, and actually less money per year. And he's 10 years younger. We're, we're not comparing Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster to... Leon Rose, okay, come on, like and World Wide West, like they're they're different type of people, you know. They're different. There are different levels in this game. The Knicks are the Knicks, and Gary Trent Jr. would have fit a lot better in New York than Evan Fournier too. But anyways, yeah, oh, that would have been a perfect fit. Going back to the Raptors, um, we really don't know what they're going to be doing going forward. But I'm going to make a bold prediction now in this podcast that's going to blow your socks off. Everyone's been talking about where DeMar DeRozan is going. And nobody really has a spot for him because every single team seems like they're out of cap space, especially after today. And not a lot of teams make sense for him. What if he goes back to Toronto? Uh, It makes sense. They have cap space. They have no two guard. I mean, they they could start Gary Trent, I suppose. but They will start Gary Trent. We just talked about how great Gary Trent is, and you're saying they don't have a two guard. He yeah, came off the bench last year, though. I'm not sure no, he's he a didn't. starter. No, he's a he's starter. He's a starter last year. What are you talking yeah. about? Man. He only came off the bench when Lowry was healthy, and that wasn't very often. Yeah, this is going to be a Van Vliet, Gary Trent, OG, Siakam, and a five. That's exactly the lineup they're going to do. And and you know what actually might end up happening is if they end up getting another two guard, they might put Gary Trent at the three. Uh, OG okay, at the no, four relax, and Siakam at relax. the five. Relax, Gary Trent is like six foot two. Come on. Well, it would be De- if it's actually Demar in this case. It would be Demar at the three, right? Yeah, sure. But yeah, whatever. That the part is interchangeable. But I think Raj is just saying they would go small ball. Yeah, right and, away. and and you know what? I I I I wouldn't pass put it past Masai to actively be shopping Pascal Siakam. Yeah, 
I mean, there's been talks about that since the draft. Obviously, there's been rumblings about him going to Golden State and everything. And honestly, if they're not going to give you a ton of value, I would not trade Pascal. Yes, he had a pretty bad year for his standards now last year, but he has three years left on his deal. He's 27 years old, and he's the kind of player you want on a team. Everyone talks about these like 3 and D guys, and he can handle the ball too. And he was obviously part of, you know, a big part of the championship team. So I wouldn't trade yeah. him unless you're getting full value back because you still have a bunch of years left where you can trade him still. Yeah. The only issue is if he kind of checks out mentally. And of course, when he was having that series in the bubble against Boston, he was um, considered kind of one of their um, weak players. <laughs> and uh, And this year he didn't have a particularly strong um, season. And I think... Compared to the season with Kawhi, um, he kind of has taken a, or at least he's plateaued. So, again, I wouldn't be surprised, and I think that's what good managers do. They're always looking at ways to make their team better. I don't think that there's going to be crazy offers, but honestly, if the Raptors are in this rebuild mode, I I think Golden State could put together a package that could be enticing. The only issue is you don't want to eat garbage salary in Wiggins, so you're going to want better pieces coming your way. Uh, I don't like this Pascal slander, man. I never believed it. I like the guy. Uh, breaking news, restricted free agent Devontae Graham is signing with the Pelicans via sign-and-trade, sending a first-round pick to Charlotte. Okay, we need to talk about the Pelicans now because... <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> they were a team that was going for one of the top-tier free agents at the point guard position, and so far they've ended up with Tomas Sadoransky and Devontae Graham. Hey, and... <laughs> Hey, you know what? Let, before we go into this, at least they don't have Eric Bledsoe. I mean, that's... Wait, don't they? Oh, wait, no, they moved him. You're right, you're right, you're right. My bad, my bad. Yeah, I mean, that is a that is a positive. That's <laughs> that's quite a positive. Ooh. Oh, man, I don't, I don't know, man. Devontae Graham, Brandon Ingram, and Zion Williamson, that's... Uh, that's that's you know when you know when you talk about teams that like need more than one ball that's legit a team that needs more than one ball like these are three ball dominant players mm-hmm. who all need the ball to create their own shots not for not even shots for other people but just their own shots but they're gonna be weird as hell they have jv cleaning up everyone's mess <laughs> poor jv you look at their roster construction though you have two of the worst defensive players at their positions in Devontae Graham and Jonas Valanciunas. And you're surrounding them with Zion, who's probably one of the worst defensive players at his position. And even though this team's going to be able to score a lot, you know, with those additions, um, in the Western Conference, they are just going to give up. They're going to bleed so many points. And they must be so disappointing for the Pelicans not being able to bring back, you know, bring in a guy like Kyle Lowry or even Mike Conley and surround, you know, these a generational player with you know Zion obviously and a really good player in Ingram with some veteran leadership. You're bringing in a young guy. I like Graham and everything. It's just like he can't be the leader of this team and you know have them <laughs> go from what the nine or ten seed last year up to eight or maybe seven or six. I don't know. I'm not even sure what they are right now. Like they're not going to be a playoff team next year. I don't think. Okay, question for you guys: Is this team the equivalent of the Chicago Bulls in the Western Conference? Because I, I look at them as like the same kind of, not same team, but same predicament. Like they're not good enough. They're trying to make moves to get in the playoffs. But 
it just doesn't make sense. Like they don't have a, a style or uh, a go-to um, gameplay. Yeah, I agree with that. They are the Chicago Bulls of the West where, you know, you have some pretty good talent um, overall, but that's not going to cut it in that conference, especially like in the Eastern Conference, the Bulls have a real shot at making the playoffs. But in the West with Devontae Graham or Thomas Sadoransky as your lead guard, I just don't see any type of improvement for them unless Zion just becomes LeBron next year. Well, Zion's going to be their lead guard. Yeah, maybe he maybe he's the point guard. Zion either way. He was last year. Like after December last year, man, Zion just ended up with the ball most of the time. So why not continue to like push his development in that way, right? I gotta say so though, like they got Devontae Graham at a pretty good number. Four years, forty seven million. Pretty good. Oh. That's that's yeah. a good piece of business. I think Excellent. Value. I think David Griffin has inherited a team where the management doesn't want to be paying the salary tax. Um, they got a bunch of pieces that don't fit well and they're not very desirable pieces and he I I'd still give him a bit more time. Um they got Honestly, they got Bledsoe and Adams off their books who weren't very good offensive players. Obviously, much better defensive players. But uh, I think they're at least trying to play a more fast-paced style. They're probably trying to mimic what the Sacramento Kings did with uh, no defense. and uh, Yeah, because and, the Sacramento Kings are a team you want to mimic, right? Yeah. <laughs> Great role model. <laughs> yeah, and David yeah, Griffin I, caused this situation too. Where, like He's the guy that acquired Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe, and then he had to trade first-round picks in order to get rid of them, and then he's had to trade a first-round pick now for Devontae Graham in this side and trade. So he's given away a bunch of first-round picks for his mess-up, plus now getting a guy who's not even a top-20 starting point. Even though I like Graham, he's not a top-20 starting point guard. No. Nope. Hell no. This team is just so average. Yeah. Yes. Below average. All right, let's... Let's wrap this up with a couple of uh, other signings that didn't make as nearly the same kind of headlines today. Uh, this one I found hilarious. Mike Conley was originally reported to sign for three years, $68 million. Uh, this was reported by Shams originally. And then like 20 minutes later, Woj reported it saying the actual number is $72.5 million. Um, I don't know if you guys are watching this at 6 o'clock, like right on the dot. But Shams came out like the gate, just gunning it. Hit every single report that he could. And then, like, we didn't hear from Woj at all. And then, like, slowly Woj started coming out. You know, he got his, his traction. And then started correcting numbers. That was hilarious, man. There were, like, two or three contracts where Woj was like, no, 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 no. Tim Hardaway is actually making $74 million instead of $72 million. I like that, you know. Check check Shams. Uh, the student has become the teacher. StatMuse on Twitter was actually following um, the transactions, you know, based on who got it first. And as of like seven o'clock today, when all the big transactions took place, it was Shams six, Woj. Or sorry, Shams nine, Woj six. So it Oof. seems like Shams is now the man. It's because he's plugged in with more of the players. But Woj is getting a lot of the, like. I don't know if you watch it, Woj's tweets, but uh, his all of Woj's stuff is saying that like, you know, X player has signed according to their agent from blank agency. Interesting play. Interesting play, Woj. Anyways, continuing on with my not-as-big-players list. Kelly Olenek, our favorite Canadian. Man, I love this signing. The Detroit Pistons get, get him for three years, $37 million. I love it. 
Uh, they also got Corey Joseph. I don't love it as much, but hey, he's reunited with Dwayne Casey, whatever. Uh, campaign we touched on earlier, three years, 19 million. TJ McConnell, wow, got paid, man. Four years, 35 million. Not bad for a guy out of Pittsburgh. He deserved it. All those steals. Yeah. Tim Hardaway Jr., like I said, four years, 72 million. Pretty good contract for Dallas. I mean, I think that's pretty solid. Uh, the Nuggets re-signed Will Barton at two years, 32. Jamichael Green at two years, 17. And our boy, Jeff Green. We named a podcast after Jeff Green, guys. How about that? Sons of the Nuggets as well. And after all that, we still don't have a home for DeMar DeRozan. Uh, John Collins looks like he might stay in Atlanta. I don't know. He's going to stay. You think he's going to stay, Rush? Yeah, I think he will. I think I don't know. the money is pretty much dried up in most places. Um, a team that would be interesting, again, I think Golden State's really trying to dump Wiggins. I think that whole experiment has failed, and uh, I don't think Atlanta has anything to do with Wiggins, especially because they're very deep in that two guard. They have a lot of scoring, so I, I, I could see them trying to make a push, trying to get a player like John Collins, but I, I, where's the money? Like Collins wants to get paid, and no team has $120 million just sitting around. No, what you said actually makes a lot of sense because you could package, you know, the package that was talked about at the draft with Wiggins, Wiseman, 7 and 14, who have now become players. And you can get John Collins because the one report that came out from Shams um, right after the trade, or not the trade deadline, the uh, offseason started was that Atlanta and John Collins are not even close to the same numbers um, as of right now. So if that's the case and they can't come to terms, then trading him for a package like that makes a lot of sense because it was rumored at the draft Atlanta was trying to trade Cam Reddish because they can't pay all these players, you know, what they're going to demand um, come their extensions. Like they have to pay Herter, they have to pay um, Hunter in a couple of years. They got to pay John Collins. Like one of these guys is not going to get paid and they got to trade him, right? So maybe yeah. Collins is the guy to get traded if they can't come to terms. Speaking of other Collins, Zach Collins signs with the Spurs three years, twenty-two million. I when was the last time we saw Zach Collins play basketball? Two, uh, three years ago? I think Gonzaga. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, that was the one deal that really shocked me because he hasn't played in two years, and yet he stum- somehow still got seven plus million dollars, and he's. Injured right now. He's a massive injury, I think, that happened. I think he had like a torn ACL yeah. or something like that. I don't remember. But I remember it being something huge. Like, he may not play for I them. Know, They're man. giving him three years. Like, what was that? Uh, my boy Austin Rivers has re-signed with the Nuggets, guys. I just want to say. <laughs> yeah. Just bro. Just the last, just last, last question I have for you guys. Where does Victor Oladipo go? <laughs> Uh, to coach the Indiana Hoosiers, <laughs> like I don't know, man. He might go to Guangdong with uh, with Carmelo. <laughs> uh, no, on the real though, uh, let's send him to Sacramento along with yeah. all their other guards. When Buddy Yield leaves, he's literally <laughs> gonna go there, and he's gonna be on a mission to put up stats so he can eventually get paid. Like that's Victor Oladipo. Exactly. I would send him straight there. I don't. I don't know. I don't see where he could go and actually contribute well. Like so injury ridden, man. That's rough on the guy. Yeah, he's out for the first couple of months of the season, isn't he? Probably. I think so. He had a pretty major injury at the end of the year. That's why he didn't play in the playoffs. It was his knee, right? Yeah, I think so. That sounds familiar. Yeah. 
Oh, man. Uh, that's it, I guess. Anything else you guys want to hit? Anybody else you want to talk about? Do we want to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks winning the NBA Finals? Sort of the whole reason we do this thing every no. year? You know, Finals? No. We'll, we'll save that for another pod. We'll save Old it for another news. pod. <laughs> We're going to save it for when, Draj? What other pod? DJ Yo, we Tucker's have still a not even on the team anymore. What's the point in talking about them? Yeah, they have Drew Holiday, Josh. They traded their whole team last year for Drew Holiday. No NBA way. champion Drew Holiday. Yeah. It's funny how yeah. there's such revisionist history now. Like, you listen to Bill Simmons' podcast, and he's talking about how, you know, the Drew Holiday trade was such a bad one for the Pelicans. Where when that trade happened, everyone's like, you're getting the Harden package for Drew Holiday? What's going on here? It's funny how everyone's just changed their mind based off the championship in an injured year. Hey, Josh, that's all that matters. Championship is all that matters, man. You know this. I love Drew, so I wasn't a big hater of that trade. I mean, but still, <laughs> it's a lot to give up for Drew Holiday. It is. I agree. Uh, all right. Well, that's it, guys. Uh, Raj, you want, you want to talk about Solomon Hills at re-signing with the Ugh. Hawks? Yeah, well, who is going to take John Collins' minutes? So, um, <laughs> you know what? I might be on to something here. Yeah, I, I just want to say one last thing. I think we have to change the team name for New Orleans to the Pelicans. <laughs> Crickets. Well, Crickets. Yeah. <laughs> good try, good try, man. Practice your dad jokes on the baby first before you bring them to us. <laughs> yeah, she start crying. <laughs> oh at least God. I get a reaction out of her. Yeah, at least you get something. All right, guys. Well, it was a good chat. I'm, I'm glad we did this. It's been a while. So hopefully we can get back to this more often as long as uh, people can say committed. Hem, hem. And on that note, <laughs> I want to thank everyone for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Give us those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Leave those good comments only, please. I know it's been a while, but more content's coming. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Hoops Corner Pod. And until next time, peace.